From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 489. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Hello. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hello, Mike. Hello, Brad. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Happy happy to be here. Happy to mm-hmm. talk about pens mm-hmm. and paper. And what what was the old intro you used to say? All the things we all the what was the all the pen love? and the, the analog tools we love so dearly. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Classic, classic Mike Hurley intro. We uh we miss those days. We miss the um the yeah, the na- the nickname days. But uh, <clears throat> it's it's good stuff. It's good. It's stuff, still man. part of the. Uh, the actual show description, which is the pen addict is a weekly fix for all things stationary pens, pencils, paper, ink, you name it. And Brad Dowdy and Mike Hurley are into it. That's written weirdly. We should maybe adjust that. <laughs> Join us, they geek out of the analog tools they love so dearly. We're into it, Mike. We're into it. It's just like the way it's written pen, pencils, paper, ink, you name it. And Brad Dowdy and Mike Hurley are into it. It should huh. just be like Brad and Mike are into it. That should yeah. be what it is. Who wrote that trash? You. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to guess. Like and 10 years while ago. While we're on this, I 10 think years maybe ago. two weeks ago, I had to correct a stationary that you, <laughs> you That's did. not That's not either of our faults. I, I you will, did stationary with an A. No. To change no. It. Yes, you did. It was in Google no. Docs. You wrote it. Google did it. Google oh, does not Google like analog tools as much as we do, Mike. Google did it. Yeah. Google likes sitting. Google. Google does not like analog tools, that's so I will true. not. Google will likes not. people to be stationary in front of their computers. Yes, stationary with the stationary. Yes, we've had to go. We've had to train our doc at least twice. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it will lose the e version of stationary and want to change everything, and sometimes we miss them. Yeah, there's no way you could have done it wrong. No, it's never, Google. never, never. What happens if it shows up on the website? Whose fault is it then? Uh, I don't write in Google, so. I mean, are you talking about like the Panatic website? Yeah, if that's it. Yeah, I don't know because I never write anything in Google. Mm, what do you write? Drive. In? Ulysses. Right. Okay, you still in Ulysses? Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember you were on that a while ago. Yeah, yeah. You just have to train it once, mm-hmm. you know, to not switch your your E's to A's, and like it's good. Google, they don't play that game. I feel like for you, it would be beneficial just to have like a text expander snippet that just always naturally corrects it. Right? It's, so like, it's, <laughs> it's funny because I do have like the stock list of like commonly misspelled words yeah. just to, and I'll be like, I'll like type in like because or something and type it wrong. And then I'll hear like bloop, like it changed it automatically. Yep. I should have that for the stationary one as well, but it doesn't matter with Google. You, well, also you never get it wrong. We've already established that. True. True. I mean, like a lot of things in this show, I never get anything wrong, Mike. No, that's true. Yeah, this this is probably actually, counts. is this a big show of, of Brad gets things wrong? Probably. probably. I think probably. You, I think that is the foreshadowing that you have established. Yeah. I mean, this first topic that we're going to mm-hmm. talk about, I didn't get this wrong. I just didn't know the answer to. And it turns out we have an amazing answer, and I'm fascinated by what we, what we came up with. So we had a question not that long ago around... Someone wanting a Tomoe River product, or let's let's just say a fountain pen friendly product in yep. a steno type format, essentially top bound, wire bound, yep. fountain pen friendly notebook. And I kind of really didn't know, right? Like you can get Rhodia pads, but they're not really like the steno style. They're 
staple bound. Um, you know, there's other glue bound pads that I use like from life, the bank paper, but there's nothing like a steno wire bound option until I was sent a really cool link from Taroko, which a lot of people are familiar with on Etsy, the Taroko shop on Etsy. They're very popular. Turns out, Mike, Taroko Reporter A5 Tomoe River Paper Notebook. Completely fascinated by this. Um, so they, I, I, they, what is this? Etsy store? Do they resell stuff mostly? It looks like they resell stuff, but they also yeah, I don't make know if their own. I, I think yes to both, right? Uh-huh. So yeah, like the, the, the reporter notebook is a Taroko design, right? Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people talk about the notebooks that they've gotten from them. But I would never have thought to go check out this shop for... Oh, no, it looks like they make all of their own stuff. They just have different brands. So they use oh, okay. Cosmo Airlight paper in some products. I see. These look really nice. I wonder why it's on Etsy. Uh, yeah, because this is like like top tier like construction. Like You can tell just like Could the, be the cut that, and the binding. Um, some people use companies like Etsy and eBay and stuff as like you handle the taxes for me because this mm-hmm. is a company built out of Taiwan. So like maybe they have a Taiwan like a, a, a store for Taiwan, and then mm. for places outside of Taiwan, maybe true. they sell on Etsy. True. Like true. I know that you remember we were talking about that VAT stuff a long time ago. Like right. I know that Etsy got a bit of a boon during that time because it's like well right. if you just sell on Etsy or eBay. They'll take care of the tax part for you, so you don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, this is, I mean, this is like a pretty big shop for like an Etsy shop. This is like pretty sizable, I think. But this product, Mike, is is killer, right? Like it's a top spiral bound, like a, a double ring spiral reporter notebook with the 68 GSM blank Tomoe River paper in it. And I think it's like, how many pages is it? I think it's big. It's like, you know, like the 150, 180 pages. Mm-hmm. Like this is a no joke size reporter notebook and it's only 17 bucks. And like, I'm just kind of fascinated that this exists. 112 because, sheets, 124 pages. Sorry. Yep. So yeah, really cool. Uh, so thank you. Uh, I, of course, me being me, Mike, I didn't, um, you know, note the name of the person who sent this in mm-hmm. to give them full and proper credit Not for this. Not that you so, were wrong about that in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take full and proper credit for this. I found this on my own. <laughs> oh, good work, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Please, you put the effort in there. Uh, this is a product, though. It's like, this looks great, but for how long is it going to be great? We don't know. Maybe we'll find out next because uh, the Tomoe River successor paper has, has uh, been thoroughly reviewed. <laughs> Right, our good friend Jacob mm-hmm. at Food A Fan, also um, Tokyo Inklings podcast. Uh, Jacob, so the the Tokyo International Pin Show was two weeks ago, one week ago. Um, my my time frames are a little bit off these past few weeks, so it was recent, Mike. Yeah, and at the show, several people were able to get their hands on samples of Sanzen, which we talked about. Um, you know, uh, Jacob and CY's discussion on the Sanzen purchase of the Tomoe River brand. And the samples were available for, you know, I think people got like sheets, right? Like, I don't know that there was like definitely like there weren't necessarily like notebooks and things like that. This was like a pre-launch kind of, hey, test this stuff out, see what you think. So Jacob, we'll have a link in the show notes to to Jacob's review, but he did a full paper test of Sanzen's Tomoe River, the new, the new stuff, the new, new, 
uh, the previously new Tomoe River and then the old Tomoe River. So he did a comparison of all three. And the results were positive, right? He he liked it. He he thought that it did a good job. It had some features that um, were definitely improved over the new Tomoe River paper, right? And thinks it will be, you know, pretty well received, um, you know, when it actually does launch. So I, I think it's I think it's going to be pretty cool, pretty popular. The yeah, like his hate Joker said, it was his favorite. It's his favorite of yeah. the three. So like, yeah. this is you know I think we have the um, tendency like this happens in all kinds of communities to catastrophize change. Right, right? change equals bad. Um, but it turns out maybe in this case, at least depending on if you have similar tastes to Jacob, actually this mm-hmm. change is a good one. Right. And this new paper is comparable in size to the, the original Tomoe River Techo paper, the 52 GSM, which is my, my preference. I actually like the thinner, the thinner old Tomoe River paper. So yeah, that he, like he, I, I trust his opinion, like, very very much to for him to say like hey this is really good like i'm excited to try it i just hope they they come up with a new name <laughs> before they launch it like hopefully this was the uh this is the alpha or the beta name um the name being Le- tomoe river successor mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. just that's not me that's saying not what this paper is that's, that's what not, they're calling it the <laughs> they should he call says it's it the name they should go fast and furious on it and call it Two Moe, like T W O. We did that joke, did we? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I'm so predictable. You did, you did that joke, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you, you, it was probably like a, a, a fever dream at night, yeah. one night. No, um, I'm just, I just don't have very original jokes. Have, but I no, I like did, a, I did this, I said this back when we were talking about this, what a few yep. weeks ago, that. Uh, Please don't call it anything with Tomoe River in the name. Although I get why you want to call it anything with Tomoe River in the name, right? But my why preference. Why, why, if it's good and it's similar, mm-hmm. why not just call it Tomoe River? Why not just call it nothing else except this is Tomoe River paper, like they did last time? Because it got changed, right? Like we just mentioned mm-hmm. that, right? They, they changed the paper and they just kept the name. And people ultimately were happy because it was close enough. Why not mm-hmm. just call it Tomoe River? Like why even give it a different brand at all if the paper's good? Because then I always have to have a comparison. Well, but this isn't and that for this you. would separate me. No, right. I agree. That's the pro- that's the problem, right? I just want the notebook paper that fountain pen users use from the new Sansen brand to be called something, not Tomoe River. But they'll they'll never do that, right? They. I would actually just like it to be called Tomoe River paper personally, because then I just yeah. know what I'm getting, and yeah. that's just the end of that. Maybe just T three. We're on we're on round three of this. And I, I don't know. But like from Sansen's perspective, business wise, right, this is more than a, a stationary paper, right? We just look at it from the the lens of, hey, this is our favorite fountain pen paper, where actually that paper is like a much bigger business that's, you know, used for different things, right? Which like is they bought, they bought why they would want to keep the name. Right. They yep, bought I agree. they bought brand recognition is one of the things they purchased. Yep, so I agree. I think they're not going to change it. No, I, I think they're just calling it Tomoe River Successor in the time where they have both of them. And then as soon as they're completely switched over, this will just become Tomoe River Paper. That's what I reckon will happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, bought, I think you're right. You know, I would just prefer. Really, all they bought was the brand. 
Because That's they exactly didn't right. keep the machines. So why right. would they buy it and then just right. give it a new name? I agree. I, I don't disagree with anything. I'm just saying. I like, understand. I, my preference would be, I would rather them call it sans and paper. Or As anything. a stationary communicator, it would make mm-hmm. your life easier. Yeah. Yeah. Which Tomoe River do you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, I have to be like, the 2021 iPad Pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So, trust me, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the 2018 iPad Pro. <laughs> the iPad Pro with mini LED display. So. That is very true. Okay. Very true. We have it easy compared to the the digital world. Maybe. All right. What is this? What is this that you've put, given me? What is this? I don't <laughs> I, understand what this is. I put I've read it, this I put thing, thing and mm-hmm. I've looked at the thing and I don't understand what this is. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to share a link in the show notes today. And let, let me read the email, okay? All and right. then, then we'll get to the link. So right. this, is, this is from John, listener of the show. Since the question in August, I don't, I don't know what that means. That's probably Google. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already in trouble. I've listened to all the pen addict episodes and have purchased an embarrassingly large number of pens. Welcome, John. You're one of us. Thanks to you and Mike for inter- introducing me to the area. My Christmas card featured a pilot Mew. How cool is that? You inspired me to create a tool to see the world of inks better. Below is a picture that shows about 1,400 inks in a perceptually friendly way. Sweep over an area in the top graph and the ink brand and names are revealed in the table. The graph on the right encircles the selected inks and puts them in the context of all the inks. You select one brand on the top and select all of the inks in the top graph. The plot in the lower right shows you how the brand covers the spectrum of colors. So in short, this is... Pick a brand, and it'll show you their color representation of their current ink offerings across the color spectrum, right? Uh, so if you're okay. looking for this brand, do they have a color in this range, right? So John sent us a link, and the data comes from Fountain Pen Companion, and the colors are the crowdsource hex codes. Um, so yeah, lots of, of caveats implied, but this is a tool that John built just for fun and wanted to share with us. And I've been messing around with this and you can, you can change like the, the plotting of the colors in from color, colorfulness or lightness, right? You can check off. Like if you go to like Ackermon where, you know, they only have about 30 something inks, right? You can see it. That's a good place to start is something small. The orange to Brown. Yeah. You can see, Oh boy. They really only have, I've mm-hmm. thought that this was like a map of the world. I don't know why. Oh. And mm-hmm. I got very confused. Yeah. But now I understand. It's a col- it's like a color spectrum. It's a color like spectrum. Brown to red or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh you know, light to dark, top to bottom, and then the colors from left to right. So mm-hmm. you can see where these things are represented. You know, it's just like a, it's a fun thing, right? And then you can um you know, then you can figure out like, okay, do you want to plot that over Pilot's inks? Yep. And you can see, you know, where Pilot fills in some of the gaps that Ackerman doesn't have. Like in the yep. yellows, like Pilot has a bunch of like different yellows and oranges that Ackerman so, doesn't like, have. If you were trying to use this, you could be like, oh, I tend to like blues. And then you can mm-hmm. kind of have a look at, oh, this company has a lot of blue inks or whatever. Like, yeah. Speaking what, of which, let me click Robert Oster for the blues. Robert yeah, Oster, there's of blues. loads of, that's what there's, there's a lot in there. Uh, I think the benefit of 
for me, what I like about this is it shows the benefit of freely available and open data. Yes. When you have data that is available from something like Fountain Pen Companion, mm-hmm. uh, you end up with people being able to make things with it. And yep. you can maybe that thing isn't worth it to you, but it could be worth it to someone else. But by having this kind of data set, it also helps people who are collecting the data understand like what can we do to maybe make the data better for people to use. Like it, it there's just I think there's a real benefit to having this kind of open and freely available data, and this is an example of that. Yeah, it, it's really fun, and I'm sure there's there's like more things we can do with it because I'm just sitting here clicking all the buttons. But I this like is, this I like is a fun um, thing. Now I understand it. It's <laughs> yeah, I, I like seeing this. I like seeing the scope of things. Like you click on Bung Box, and yep. they like have like almost like an equal representation. Like they're really heavy on the reds and pinks, but then across the board, it's like super. Like yep. evenly represented across all the colors. Like when yep. I was looking at Ackermann, there's like huge gaps in the range. Weirdly, um, basically every single brand of the index is in orange and red. Yeah. Let me see. And let me pull up Robert Oster again. So yeah. Orange and red. Blue Seems and Seems very popular. A lot of green. Hmm. Oh, let me do noodlers. Hang on, I'm looking at this. Like diamond yes. is like <laughs> it's like a million colors. Yeah, in yeah. the red and orange uh, uh, area. Yeah, it's red and that's, orange, and that's then the purple. Dowdy effect. That's what yeah, we call that. Yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, it's red and orange, and then purple is yes. like the next. It's the line between blue and purple. They seem to be the two the two big groups. What is mm. also interesting to me because like there's a except Robert Oster, they're not as high in purple. They're more in blues and. They got a lot Deals. of green, more green than others mm-hmm. do. Yep. So mm-hmm. it goes like it goes in height. I don't really know what the axes are here, right? Uh, so lightness towards the top. Okay. If if we're on the same colorfulness uh setting. Yeah, on colorful because the on the far left column, which is where a lot mm-hmm. of the reds and oranges are, every brand it go, like goes really high there, right. and th- that doesn't reach those heights with basically any other color. Uh, area. Right. So. Right. So anyway, so it's really I, weird and really cool. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, you got to go check the website out. If you haven't looked at the website, there'll be a link in the show notes. It's just Ink Map. Uh, you won't have any idea what we're talking about. This would just sound like nonsense. But yep. So um, separate from this, um, uh, <laughs> John sent me a, a link to some an interesting data point, and I don't have a like a direct link, and you 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 would have to do some. Uh, you know, you'd have to have fountain pen companion pulled up side by side, but there's a range of ink, pink inks that he wanted to pull out from here. And he says, I've also attached an interesting sweep of the colors that show hope pink, which is a diamond color and hellfire, which is a noodler's color being almost the same color. So you can, if you like bright pinks, you can be hopeful and have the hope pink, or you can have hellfire. (laughs) And it'd be the same pink color. So that mm. was uh that was that's my kind of data point that I like. It's like the same color, but what does the name represent to you when you put the ink on the page? And sometimes it's hope and sometimes it's not Mike. This episode is brought to you by Hello. Hello make incredibly comfortable buckwheat pillows. If you've never tried out a buckwheat pillow, they really give a new level of support for your head and neck. They do not collapse under the weight of your head like a traditional pillow. It's not like a feather or foam pillow. They stay cool. They stay dry. Because instead of like a soft filling, they have these buckwheat holes is the name of the filling. The thing I could most closely describe it to is like a kind of like beans in a beanbag kind of thing. 
Uh, but it gives you a really fantastic level of support. But it's not the pillow's not hard. Like it's malleable, but once you've got it into the shape that you like, it just stays there. It's really, really amazing. It's very different to a regular pillow, but it comes with so many advantages. You don't need to flip the pillow over because it always stays cool, and you can have the pillow be just the size that you need because you can very easily add and remove the filling. I've been sleeping on a hollow pillow for many years now, and I am 100% sold. I'm never going back because I get a level of comfort from that pillow that I've never experienced from any other. And for the like for the first time in my life since I got the hollow pillow, I have just one pillow. I was always like a multiple pillow person because I could never get the support that I wanted just from one. Like I'd have to do a thing where I would like kind of like half have one pillow and then put it over the top of the other one. So I get like, yeah, I hated it. But mm. now with my hollow pillow, just one pillow and I've got exactly what I want. Super comfortable. Hollow pillows are made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the US as well. Okay, so here's the deal. You may be curious to try one of these out, and you should, and you can sleep on it for 60 nights, and if Hollow isn't for you, just send it back for a refund. Just go to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict, and you can get your own buckwheat pillow today. That's H-U-L-L-O-P-I-L-L-O-W.com slash penaddict, and if you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to $20 off, depending on the size that you opt for. They have fast, free shipping of every order. 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy, and with this Hollow Pillow, you can just give it a try, and if you love it, you keep it. If you don't, just send it back. Go to hollowpillow.com slash penaddict today. Our thanks to Hollow for the support of this show and Relay FM. Three nights, Mike. That's how long it took me. Three. That's not bad. Three nights. Yeah, to make the adjustment. You know, night one, I was like, what is going on here? Night two was, oh, I get it. Let me do these things. Night three, I was in. Like, I slept like a rock. Like that, was, that was it. And mm-hmm. I, like, n- this pillow just never should be moved from from my bed and if it does i hunt people down fair enough (laughs) so uh every year on the pen addict we do a gift guide uh and every year on the show we've had uh, the wonderful anna ryan join us for it unfortunately we couldn't arrange for anna to be here this time uh we could not make the scheduling work which is a real shame but we felt that we needed to do a gift guide of some description so we're going to do a mini gift guide this year mm-hmm. what are the rules of the mini gift guide brad yeah so since it's just uh you and i this mm-hmm. year and i wanted to simplify it right so i built out four tiers of price points and within those tiers you can only choose a singular item right you can't like in the past we've built a kit right so or or sometimes we've built a kit, right? We say if you have $100, you can get, you know, this pen, this ink, this notebook, kind of like, you know, a starter kit or whatever. But this is the idea of, hey, in this price range, what one thing should I look at for, you know, a stationary fan um, or someone new or an artist? Like I said, they, like there's no... There's no rule on like the type of thing. Like you could choose all fountain pens, you could choose no fountain pens, right? It doesn't have to be for any particular type of user. We're not trying to solve for, hey, this person uses fountain pens on Tomoe River paper and fancy inks, right? We're not getting that specific. So we're just picking price points. I sent my own uh, mini challenge. Oh, did you? Which was to not pick an overlapping product category. So only one fountain pen. 
you know. So yeah, I went I went first. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went first and I kind of did the same. Like I was actually thinking I might not even have a fountain pen, but I, I it turns out that I did because I think there's a good one. But yeah, oh, like if I've you lied. picked fountain I didn't pen, pick two fountain pens. So you can no, ignore you everything I said. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike's a liar. Mom He's a already liar. breaking the rules. Yep. No, there was there was no rule to to only pick one category mm-hmm. and then not use it again. So let's start out the categories. I'll read them all. I just did under twenty five dollars, under fifty dollars, under one hundred dollars, and over one hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of a, a a good good range to to get a good. Yeah, I was very thankful for this because um, I'm, I feel like I'm always pretty bad at the gift guide, which is why I love having Anna. I'm sad that we couldn't do it this time because between yeah. the two of you, you come up really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, have you heard of field notes? You know, that's that's kind of like my, my contribution each time. Yeah, I thought your challenge was going to be not to pick Retro 51 or Sailor. You you actually succeeded, so I, I thought that was going to be your challenge. I do it. <laughs> Although that Retro 51 Steamliner, that's pretty hot. Like, I that's don't think a, I've seen this. Yeah, you should go look that up before we before we dig in here. But it's a uh, it's a train based one, and you know all their all their travel and vehicle and planes and space ones are always good, and and those are good. So all right, so we're gonna start in under twenty five dollars. We'll go in order here. Um, we can we can alternate uh, who goes first, but under twenty five dollars, I went with a notebook specifically. Okay. The Musgrave Pencil Co. Notebook, which is just a design stunner. And I think it makes a great gift because... For pencils ex- only! No, it's not. Pencils uh, only! From, from uh, I have it on good account that it's really good with a lot of pencils pens only. as well. It's not pencils only, Get Mike. Get out of here with that pen. No, it's but... Pencils only. I will say this. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Which makes it, which makes it a good gift. Which makes it like, hey, I don't want to buy this for myself, but will you buy this twenty-two dollar notebook for me? And um, I, I think it just the design of it is super clean and nice and a little bit retroy, like in Musgraves kind of like throwback kind of way. It's got this beautiful yellow cover and and reddish orange print on there. It has a um, uh, dot grid interior, and it's just nice like i would i think this is kind of like a great gift type of item like it just shows up and you know someone who's into notebooks or pens and they see this and they would go "Ooh, this is nice i really like this so yeah 22 bucks musgrave notebook um very very well done i might i might even you know have to go shopping for myself for that one i have not ordered those for me yet but you know just saying maybe maybe i maybe i treat yourself that that would be a brad's treat yourself is mm. the musgrave pencil co notebook i have picked the most fun you can have for under 20 dollars so mm-hmm. i went even lower uh when it comes to stationery and that is the twisby go that was really smart when you saw this i was i was happy you put this in here yep. you are an unabashed Twisby Go lover. I am a big fan of this product. Uh, I think that it is a pen that all pen addicts should own because it's weird and fun and you do not have another pen like it. You just don't. <laughs> you never see springs. When do you see springs? No one sees yeah. springs in fountain pens. <laughs> this one has one and it's the main design element of this pen. Uh, if you don't have a Twisby Go, you really should get a Twisby Go because they're just they're just really really great. Like, and they have tons of different nib options. They go from extra fine to stub one point one, so it might be an easy way to try out a different nib size than what you've already used. Um, 
they're fun and i think that a design like this also breaks down the barrier for somebody new to the hobby because it is not uh, a fussy looking pen it is a very mm-hmm. utilitarian looking pen uh, that is i think pretty forgiving too so i think yeah to Great. to your point i think why this is such a good pen is that if you know someone who's like a Mont Blanc user, right? You know the you know the Mont Blanc users out there, and you drop this Twisby Go on them, they're gonna smile and they're gonna love this pen because it is so different from you know your your classic fountain pens. And like you could just buy this on a whim, and I think someone would someone would love it who's like not into this, who doesn't like listen to the Pen Attic podcast, right? Who's not like really into this stuff, but kind of has an idea about like fountain pens. Mm-hmm. I think this would just be like the biggest like pleasant surprise for a lot of people so mm-hmm. i thought that was a, a really really good choice thank you all right so i'm gonna make you go back to back here on the under 50 dollar right. category you go first uh this is another one where uh, where i saw mike's entry and i just nodded my head yeah penwell craftsman now this is kind of a cop-out because uh I'll be honest, the, the 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 models that I like are more expensive than $50, but you can get mm-hmm. one for $50. Mm-hmm. So they do the wooden one is 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the, the ones that are made out of like the, I think they're made out of stone. And mm-hmm. I have one with like a brass weight on the bottom, which is more mm-hmm. expensive. It's like 89. Um, but I think that this is like a really nice addition to the desk in whatever material you get it in. Um, and I, I really love this product. It's made by Good May Better. Um, and I think we've spoken about this before. I think it's a really great example. It's concrete, says Tony. Thank mm-hmm. you, Tony, for the correction there. Uh, in my brain, concrete and stone are basically the same thing, but I understand. Yeah, I not. think that's a good argument. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I just think these are super, super fun and a really nice addition to the desk. I think they're really classy. And if you're working on something and you want to put your pen down, this is a great way to uh, put wake up great place to put it. So it's a really nice way to turn any fountain pen into a desk pen, but temporarily. And I think it's a really smart gift item too, right? Like I think like these may not be something that you necessarily buy for yourself, but I think the people who you would consider giving this to would thoroughly enjoy what um, what these uh, pinwells are and what they do and. And, you know, to have like a, a desk accessory, I think is always like a good gift item. Like mm-hmm. I went for an accessory as well. I went for a pen pouch on this one, specifically the the Galen leather slip and zip, which is <laughs> which is a name. It's a great name. Um, it's a four pen pouch and it's 43 bucks. And it's, you know, a, a leather pen pouch where it's a singular pouch with an insert for your pens so you can slide the four pens into the the rubber uh, bands of holding if you will and remove them from the exterior pouch and like have them on the desk and or you know wherever you're working and then when you're done working you can just load them back up into their little sleeve and then put it into the exterior pouch zip them up throw them in your bag and i I think it's a neat design mm. as opposed to like your traditional like fold fold over, you know, like book style type of cases, which we all love, right? But it's something a little bit different. And I think it's um, unique in, in, in that fact that it's a little bit different style of carry. And you can fit any types of pens in it, right? You know, fountain pens, regular pens. You know, you don't have to be a fountain pen person to use this. And uh, it's really, really nice, well-made. 
and good stuff from Galen. So I really like them a lot. This is a nice looking product. Yeah, I think it's neat. Like it's classic, but it's mm-hmm. kind of got a, like a unique, unique uh, idea to it, and I I appreciate that. And I think like any any pen lover, like both of those gifts, right? We're shopping for people who are into this stuff, and then we're giving them accessories. Mm-hmm. To where we move to a under a hundred dollars, Mike. We both chose pens. I chose my one and only fountain pen here. The Kaveco student needs. I think we need some love for the student. We already give it a lot of love. We've given it a lot of love here on the show. It has gotten uh, reviewed on the Pen Act several, several times. And for like a $60 fountain pen, this is probably focused at someone's who's more getting into the hobby, right? Who has dabbled with their Twisby Goes or their Lamy Safaris and wants kind of that next step up pen. This is a traditional sized Kaveco fountain pen that is beautifully designed. It's classic. It's got modern colors. It has, um, you know, you can take the full length ink cartridges if you want, or the full length converters, I should say, right? It's not the pocket size Kaveco that we all, you know, think of when we think of Kaveco, we think of pocket pens. This is a full size pen, but at a really, really good price and a lot of colors to choose from for a gift and it doesn't break the bank it's 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 way under a hundred dollars like i said it's about sixty dollars i think mm-hmm. something like that i'm not looking at it but um i love the colors i just got a red one in myself um so i'll be checking that out but i love these from the moment they came out and i think this would make like kind of a good classic gift for someone who is into this a little bit and wants to kind of uh turn it up a little bit so in my opinion, the only acceptable colors of this pen are the two-tone ones. Yes, agree. Yes, yes, yes. I'm specifically referring to the two-tone ones. They have solid black and solid blue, but all yeah. of the... I, I call them the music series, even though that's not really it, but the, the jazz, the, un- the soul. Inexplicably, the Caveco student has black, blue, clear, red, mm-hmm. vintage blue, white, and vintage yellow, and then... 20s jazz, 30s blues, 50s rock, 60s swing, 70s soul. Yeah, buy one of the music-themed ones. The music ones are the only good ones. Yeah. I don't know why the student has a music line, but it just does. <laughs> Agree. And I don't know why the red cap is called 30s blues, but, you know, <laughs> there you go. You think it was right there, you know? <laughs> but they only do two of these a year, right? Like, this the whole series didn't come out at once. They did two to start with, and then they and did then it two was more soul. last year, then two more this year. Yeah. So, like, the Soul one was the only two-tone one. It was just called Soul. Mm-hmm. And then they put a number <laughs> on it when they brought the other ones in. So, okay. yeah. So, yeah, the, the ones I'm talking about are the two-tone ones. Thank you, Mike. I think they're the best looking, and they're just great pins. Uh, I've picked what I think is the best pen you can get for under $100, which is Studio, Studio Neat Mark One. Yeah, good call here. And I, I went the other way. I chose this pen for my next category, but this is the right answer, I think, for you in, in this category. Why do you love the Mark One so much? Uh, well, I can give you one, this, this. That's part of it. Uh, the nice. beautiful, beautiful sound it makes. Th- this pen is built around my favorite refill, which is the uh, Schmidt P8126. It's 26, right? 8126 yeah. is the preferred. Thank you. They always ship. Uh, 
most other companies ship with the 8127, but we talked them into the 8126 for this pin because yep. it's a little bit finer. A little bit finer, but same performance, uh, P8126. Uh, and you know, this is the refill that you'll find in Retro 51s, either the 26 or 27, um, which is just either 0.6 or 0.7 millimeter tip diameter. Mm-hmm. Um, and just overall, this is just a pen which is fantastically well made um, with just beautiful attention to detail to the point where most companies you see that have a retractable pen that uses this refill uses the knock that Schmidt created, which is terrible. Um, Correct. It is spongy and looks really bad. You know, like, I think... Um, and this is different people think about it differently. I think there's like a retractable squire, like the Baron Fig Squire. Mm-hmm. And I believe they use the the Schmidt um mm-hmm. uh, knock. Mechanism. Yeah. Mechanism. That's what I was looking for. And what you'll notice is it has this kind of like silver cuff around the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the Schmidt mechanism. Like that's just what it looks like, it's how it comes. So it doesn't look very good. Yeah, it's like a it two step. Mechanism. Yeah, and it doesn't feel very good. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking through Baron Fig's website. I don't even know if they still sell that anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. So uh, the the Squire is. A, I actually really like the Squire as a pen. The one with oh, yeah, the, the great mechanism. The I actually can't. I'm looking at the website now, and I cannot find it. So maybe they write the right. Oh maybe no, there it is. Squire Click. It, and they honestly in my opinion like the squire click it kind of ruins what is otherwise a really good looking pen by having the yeah. little silver cuff thing on the top anyway buy the regular this, squire buy the regular squire yeah buy, the, buy the regular one. one do not buy the click one uh, the, the regular one's great the click one uh, I don't like the mechanism because the mechanism yeah. doesn't feel very good That's, there's that a reason makes. why someone like Studio Need and other companies make their own mechanism but there's also a reason why this pen took an extra year and a half to get onto market and it's because they were making their own mechanism right uh, it was incredible be difficult things them to do uh but it i believe was worth the work i think that this pen i'm very confident this pen would not have had the success that it has had if they would have used the standard uh click mechanism Agreed. so yeah i really really like the way this thing comes together uh it's absolutely fantastic and uh, it's why uh we're making a cortex version it will be on sale in limited quantities in december awesome it's a really cool pen. Lives mm-hmm. on my desk as as well, and I I couldn't recommend it enough. It's a good gift. It's like a good surprise gift for someone who who you don't even necessarily have to be into stationery, like people exactly. who are this like into like, tools it, and toys. Yeah, definitely, like that's that's the kind of stuff, and You'll that's what I picked. It. Yeah, yeah, that's what I picked for my over one hundred. Is the tactile turn stealth mm-hmm. right? So they just sent this to me. I don't know a few weeks ago. And I'm just completely enamored with it. I like everything that Tactile Turn does to begin with, but this stealth model with the all black and the Love red, the red, uh, the red uh, bolt mechanism. Love the red. So here's here's the unsnapping of the bolt. It's really nice. It's a really oh, fun good. fun thing to play with. The interesting thing about this, well, before I get to that, they have the 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 clip has like this like digicam, uh, you know, kind of stealth radar looking thing on here it's really cool i just read this what did you read this like the th- this isn't this is one of the most interesting and weird and cool things i've read on a pen uh page okay before. read it read it because i mean the pen is literally in my hand so you yeah, right. probably read it but a what do you subtle got? glow for the first mm. time ever we're offering an optional tritium back finial tritium tritium <laughs> 
is tritium is a radioactive isotope of hydrogen that gives off a green glow without needing exposure to light. The low-energy beta radiation isn't powerful enough to penetrate the skin and is completely safe for everyday carry, commonly used in watchmaking and gunsight applications. Just that that wording, yeah. I've never read, like, don't worry, <laughs> the radiation in this pen is not harmful to you. I've never read that before. Yeah, so between, like, my... Uh covid booster shot and my tritium uh radiation here You're my, my my bat signal is like pumping right now so yeah i have the little uh tritium um little add-on on the back end of the barrel you don't have it's an optional yeah. piece right it's like 50 it's a 50 dollar upgrade i actually don't know that it's worth the price because tritium glows in the dark but it's not like light sensitive so you don't see it like in the daytime, like sitting here at my desk holding mm-hmm. it, you don't see a green glow unless I turn off the lights, right? Man, so it's they've a cool. Been doing a great job with their. Uh, they really have the seasonal releases. They really have, and the best thing about them is right. They're limited only in the time frame that they're available to order, and they run them for like three months. Like you have like three months to decide. Hey, do you want this pen? And then it's kind of go, going away. Really, really different. Yes, they're very well thought out, very well put together. I like stories, Mike. Um, and they put together, you know, something unique with this one, and just like they've done with the the past releases that I keep holding off on, holding off on. But I have the standard length. Um, and then you know, this is not a a cheap pen, but again, this is like fits that tools and toys category, uh, yep. and like good fidget stuff. I'm sitting here clicking it is as Sounds well. Good. So it's the the model I have is a hundred. Uh, the model I have is like two hundred and something dollars, but you can just get the standard non-tritium version for one hundred and seventy-nine dollars, and I think it's totally worth it. It's it's a great writing pen. I just got some Pilot G's refills uh, to put in here, which I prefer over the Pilot G two refills. So I've been I've been using it a bunch. It's been in high activity on my desk, and I think it would make a great gift. You know, if you're if you're like that's a pretty expensive gift, right? Like that's this is a this is a kind of a fancy pen and it, I think it's just really well done and, and worth the money. I love yep. it. This is really cool. So that was the mini gift guide. I think there's some good stuff. In no, there. no, no, you didn't go. Oh, sorry. Platinum 3776. Yeah, it is. That's for some reason. I just put the mark one and the tax one turned together and then thought it was done. Yep. Uh, yep. If I was going to give somebody a fountain pen to buy, and they don't, if 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 you don't have one of these, you should have one. Um, the, the issue with the Platinum thirty seven seventy six for me is, by and large, the colors and designs are really boring. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you can find one of the more colorful ones or the special editiony ones, even stuff like the nicely last and stuff, which is what I have, where it's like demonstrator and it's purple and it's got like a like a ridge design on it, because typically they're just like boring standard acrylic colors. So if you can find one that's a little bit more interesting to you, then go for it. Even if it's just like you see a, like a red one and you're just like, oh, I like red. Like, you know, like, like, the, or like the Chartres Blue or something. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you will not find a better nib. You just won't. In any price category, Platinum's nibs are just the best. I've come around to this yep. in the last couple of years. I mean, you stack it against anything. Like, you will not get a better nib for, I don't know, they go between 170 to 250 depending on what you get. You're just right. not going to get a better nib than than the what you will find in that pen. 
Yeah, and to kind of put a bow on like the thought process behind choosing this pen, I think a lot of people who are getting into this price range, into this style of pen, into this type of nib, generally look at Pilot and Sailor first. Mm-hmm. And I think both you and I over the past few years realize that Platinum 3776 should probably be like your first entry point into that price range. Or at least should um, be in the in the conversation more. Yeah. I, I, like don't discount this how great this pen is. Yep. Like for me, my hang up was always the lightness of it. Like it is a lightweight pen, yep. right? Like the pilots like acrylic barrels have a little bit more density to them and sailors have I mean, and this is slight, they're all lightweight pens, but this is a, a, a lightweight pen and it took me a while. It's like, do it is this really worth the money? And it turns out yeah like it's it's really really great my i have the chartres blue rhodium trim uef nib is one of my all-time favorite pens and i really only acquired that like in the past year year or two yeah mine is the nicely last with a 14 karat gold broad nib and that nib is just it's the best stock nib i've ever used yep yep all right mike now you can wrap up our mini gift guide now the mini gift guide is complete. I hope that you'll find something in there for either yourself or to buy a pen addict in your life. To wrap up this episode, let's do a couple of Ask TPA questions. Sounds good. And this one, uh, this is like an ultimate gift guide one that comes from Fibber. If someone True. offered to you to gift you any pen of historical importance, what or whose pen would you select? You go first because I, I like your answer. Mine is Mine is not as specific. I really racked my brain on this one. Yeah, and I was thinking about like important things in human history. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I got to come onto the show, and I got to sound really important, or do I go like sentimental? And like, no, you know what? If <laughs> if uh, let's take it as if I'm actually being asked this question, like it's a real possibility to me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. want something that is important to me and the thing that I care about most. I want the pen that Steve Jobs would have used when he signed to uh, return to Apple. Like he would have had to sign a contract with Apple to come back. I want that pen, whatever that pen was that he used to sign that document um, that put them on the course to where they are now. Like that's, that's what I would want. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. And, and I, I still like, I couldn't come up with like the singular one event type of pen, but where I came at it from was, hey, you know, some of the people that I, I enjoy their work, say, you know, like Joy Division and Ian Curtis and the one of the pens he used to write his lyrics in his notebook. He mm-hmm. used just a basic, he just used basically essentially a found ballpoint to do most of his written work or a marker that Jean-Michel Basquiat used to write in his early sketchbooks. Like just one of those types of pens that a creative person that I love used at to create the thing that I ended up loving, right? As opposed to like the specific event pen um, was where like my brain got stuck. I could never come up with a one specific thing. So yeah, like I would like to have like an artist or some type of creator a tool that they use to create the thing that I ended up, that ended up making a difference in my life, right? That I like was really passionate about or cared about a lot. So it'd be, you know, like a, like an Ian Curtis pen that, you know, the, he wrote some of the lyrics and like something like that would be yeah, really, really cool. That would be really nice. And it would be yep. meaningful for you. You could like yep. put them on the wall with the album or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
All right, and Michelle asks, in Back to the Future 2, Marty stands in the rain and gets a mysterious letter. It's from Doc writing to him from 1885. Marty reads the letter in the pouring rain, but the ink doesn't run. Were there any waterproof inks in 1885? Absolutely. And actually, they were probably primary waterproof inks because that's where Iron Gall inks came from. From the trees and the nuts falling and the boiling of the water to turn the raw materials into inks that then presented a permanence onto the page. So I would say, you know, waterproof inks for at least documentation, right? You know, any water-based dye ink that people have made for thousands and thousands and thousands of years is going to exist, right? People can, you know, people could just, you know, grab a stick and smash some leaves and write with it. It's going to be you know, just a water-based ink, and it's going to run for waterproofness. But once people discovered that certain materials could be turned into ink and then that lead into permanence, yeah, 100%. So that was probably very commonplace, especially for any type of writing or documentation, books, you know, official paperwork, anything is all going to be written in some type of iron gall ink. You just hope... Like, aside from the movie, you hope long-term that there's different, like, acidities with, with paper and those types of inks that hopefully don't destroy things. But as far as ink permanence goes, yeah, 100%. That's gonna that's a, that's a real thing. Wow. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you just made it onto an IMDb trivia page or something. <laughs> no, no. I think that's, I think that's a pretty straightforward. Like, any nut-based iron gall inks are, are going to be permanent, and those were essentially, the, like, boiled <laughs> you're over... You're a, a nut-based iron gall ink. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are. No, you're... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, that's it for this week's episode. Yeah! Uh, if you want to send in a question of your own, just send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA or question mark AskTPA. If you're listening to this at the right time, ha- happy Thanksgiving, if that's something that you celebrate. Uh, we'll be back next time. You can find us in a few different places. You can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 489 to get uh, links and information about today's episode and everything we spoke about in the gift guide. Uh, you can... What else can people do, Brad? Ah, they can go and follow you on Instagram, your pen addict. They can go to penaddict.com, spokedesign.com, and twitch.tv slash penaddict where you'll find Brad streaming multiple times a week. Brad is dowdyism on Twitter. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you to Hollow for the support of this show and to you for listening. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>